Welcome to Movie of the Year, the only podcast that has the science and the screaming to determine what is the single greatest movie of any given year. This season will focus on 1975. Tonight we'll be getting through the entire first round. 32 movies will enter, but only the Elite Eight will move on and compete for the rest of the season. I am your host of the entire 75 season, Mike Gravania, and with me, your illustrious competitors, Greg. Hello. And Ryan. What are, you, what are you doing a voice there, bud? Do you think that voice sounds cool? What Are you, try, think, are you trying to be Mr. Megorium of the voice. Wonder Emporium? You <laughs> I think, think that's a good voice? voice? I, I Honestly, I think we should do more character work on I, the show, and I really like that voice. Oh, like, is the character a fucking stupid idiot? I would say that he sounds like uh, somebody on FM radio taking a poopy on a squatty you body. Know, you know Ryan what really, is really taking advantage of the fact that there's no points given or removed in this episode. Oh, you can always, hello, 1975. You can always remember, though, Mike, right? Because next week is, is just a short time away. Well. You know what his voice really is, though? Every era, we don't talk about this enough on the show, but every era has not just his own like genres of movies and everything, but has their own type of trailers. Yes. And the 70s <laughs> had this type of trailer where a narrator voice sort of explains to you what is going to happen in the movie and who some of the people in the movie are. His and name was Jim Ross. Yeah. And he's got a bone to pick with the <laughs> Upper West Side. And I think that was still a pretty big way to do previews right up until like we were kids. And then now, obviously, the way is you just like blast like at people <laughs> and intersperse like nonsensical scenes that, that nobody understands how they're connected. But yeah, that's what that voice was. In fact, yeah. if I was doing a trailer now, I would just include uh, scenes from movies that aren't part of the movie that I'm trailering. <laughs> yeah. Just like 2001. Here we go. This is kind of the vibe we were going for. It's like a vision board for yeah. the movie. <laughs> yeah. A pastiche. We're pitching, we're pitching the audience the movie right now. It's what we did at the studio. It's what we'll do for you to get you to watch it. <laughs> it's what dad did. <laughs> it's what dad did. Gentlemen, how do you feel about going into 1975, the oldest year we've ever done? Well, yeah. I'm nervous as fuck, Mike. We weren't even alive. Is that, is that why you're taking it out on me? I was not taking it out on you. That was all it's specifically like because of you were being a dumb shit. Now, I, it's, I said, welcome to movie of the year when, oh, I need some water. No, I'm a pro. Just hit the gas. And then I got mocked for my professionalism, and that's fine. <laughs> I feel like right in here, somewhere in the 70s, right, is where you call it the golden era of cinema, or at least one of them. And so I think it was a little, I don't know, intimidating. Plus, we weren't alive at the time it's actually kind of hard to find a time when at least one of us wasn't alive i mean we go back quite a ways but 75 does manage to like do the it. old guard does <laughs> yeah well this was the one year we were all dead we took the year off the one year we were all dead just to sort of like recoup figure everything out i think there's a million things that are going on in this year there's going to be two things that are going to be hard to not notice one George Lucas said, oh, I don't know if they're done with my idea. I'm going to start ILM. And two, Spielberg makes Jaws. Those two things, yeah. I think, overwhelm the year. But in that year, we have a lot of classic hits. We have a lot of insane fucking hits. Like, we have a lot of, like, what the fuck? That could only be a hit in that year. Right. But I think we're going to be a little bit overwhelmed by the fact that, like, this is the year that ruined movies forever. Yes. Yeah. It feels like it's the year of breaking down what movies were before they rebuilt what movies should be. Uh, and so it's just a, lo a lot of meandering. Is that How would you pin down the essence of 1975, Greg? I guess it, it, it's that. It's the handoff like between the classic era of cinema and the blockbusters coming in with Jaws and maybe the beginning of a, a dumbing down of cinema a little bit, if that's actually something that happened. I guess for a, for a wider audience, it feels like... In the late 60s and early 70s, like 
everybody was watching good movies and nowadays like you don't really you don't run into people that watch good movies you you run into people that watch big movies but not many people are like you know oh yeah i definitely saw roma uh like one of the best movies to come Mm -hmm. out in the last five years there there might be peripherally aware of it or something but there was this time in the 70s where that's like what everybody did you know and but around the time then jaws comes out right and we have a, a legit blockbuster and it's like okay here comes the new thing which is just like loud and you know more violent and more popcorn than you could possibly shovel in hell yeah <laughs> i uh i spent the last week catching up on 1975 movies and i watched some roger corman movies i watched some movies nice. that oh, were shit. like you were going deep yeah i watched some movies with some budgets that are roughly the same size as this current episode of this podcast <laughs> and jaws is not that different from them yeah. Except for the fact that Jaws made $300 million. And then... $75? Started this thing where like, oh, we need to recreate Jaws. Mm-hmm. But there's Jaws in so many ways, in more ways than not, is a B movie yeah. that was all around in 1975. Well, that's the big change, right? Is like they figured out like B movie doesn't mean dog shit. B movie, you can figure and out And it doesn't mean a- Seinfeld's B jokes in the no. movie B movie. It's it's how do you how do you put like a, a fresh sheen on a B movie and sell it to everybody because that's what right. most movies that do boffo box dollars now and box they, dollars they need to be boffo Mike they need to be boffo and then like a couple years after this we're going to see it with Exorcist where oh that's a genre movie that like mm-hmm. I guess we're gonna give like best picture awards to and like that no we're all gonna think that that's wonderful never again but yeah honestly like not since then right but like i mean do you think there's any other oscar winning movie that has the line your mother sucks cocks in hell well yeah i remember in the artist <laughs> when that was the one line of dialogue that you hear. <laughs> uh, but yeah uh it was like uh these shitty movies that no one's ever gonna watch are now making money and now we're just gonna make those over and over and over again but jaws is a b movie you know it's a shitty movie uh the other thing i want to talk about is we're uh like this is sort of the end of America taking its crown back, you know, and saying like we are the king of movies again. And this is the end of it. I think that Jaws is sort of the end of like now uh your Europe and other countries or continents can have this crown back because now we're all about the blockbuster and we're at the very end of these people wanting to come to America and make movies because America uh, like, is where it happens. The highbrow art movies go other places after 75. And we, so we had it for like six years, for six years, like 69 to 75. This is where people came to make movies. And then after Jaws, they were like, oh, I get it. No. You're, you're into sharks. America was I'm like, out. sharks out of here. Yeah. <laughs> we want to see people's legs get whipped off. Like, I don't want to sit and watch the human condition happen over a quiet dinner. Give but me that, that shark. There are there are a ton of directors that we could do this year mm-hmm. that are like very very important yeah. that uh you know like came to America or had popular movies in America at this time because Jaws hadn't come out yet. This is why people always shit on Jaws is because they ruined the artistic merit of America hell forever, yeah. like until this day. And Mike says, "Hell Fast yeah, Fast and Furious, my favorite franchise." I mean, so fuck it. Think about what the implications of like the the Jaws part of the Universal Studios ride being like such an iconic part of that. Yeah. Like they literally took that movie part and of a made ride. it into a theme park. <laughs> I'm pumped for Jaws because I haven't seen it since I was seven. Uh-huh. And 
It's if still I scary can, as shit, right? I'm going to find a beach. It's- I'm going to find one of those special beaches that plays that puts up the screen and you're in sitting the in the floater. I want that so bad. Just pissing the whole movie. Don't you have enough trauma in your life, brother? Like, we just got through the worst year ever. I don't want to go bob want, in the water. I want, I want trauma I control. Also, I want my mom in the water with a little fade on her saying, uh, you're my least favorite child and I hate you. Um, There's also, legit sharks out there, homie. Like you might get bit by a real shark during this movie. Oh, they really went all out for this experience. <laughs> the other thing that I'm super interested in is how much distrust in, like, uh, you know, like we were supposed to believe that the government was good, parents are good, police are good, and that parents mm-hmm. understood, and that parents definitely understood. And I, I think that's still reverberating in this year uh, after Watergate. Like we do not have. Uh, conspiracy movies or all the president's men in this year Mm. but and we thought parents understood until 1992 I do think that there's a lot of paranoia going on in this movie about how shitty America actually is but like how far do you want to say it I think Jaws is actually one of those movies yeah for sure yeah, but, this is like the beginning of the, the death of expertise, the, the beginning of like the, the death of believing anything the government or any organization of the government had anything to say. No matter what authority is, it's probably wrong. Yeah. And you're going to feel this throughout this year. These Pennywise movies, wrote their infamous song, Fuck Authority, about the films of 1975. No joke. These movies stormed the Capitol January 6th. <laughs> like, these <laughs> movies all voted for Trump and think the, uh, the election got stolen. It all starts here, and that's why our parents have garbage brain, because it starts with movies like this, and it never gets resolved Shit, later. I, I wish my parents watched these movies instead of <laughs> voting the way that they do and thinking the way they do. But no, they did not watch these movies, and I'm excited to. Well... Uh, listeners, if you thought 1975, surely they're not going to throw their pinko lefty politics down my throat. You were oh, wrong. You we idiot. are who we are, and we definitely will figure out how to connect each one of the movies that ends up in here <laughs> to today. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, gosh darn it, are we starting this bracket. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for listening so far, and let me just tell you that everything ahead of this commercial is much better than what came before it. That's my guarantee. While I have you here, let me tell you about a website. It's called yourpopfilter.com. And it's everything you need that's related to Pop Filter. Everything Mike, everything Ryan, everything Greg, everything Cassie, everything is there at yourpopfilter.com. While you're there, go to yourpopfilter.com slash Amazon. Make that your new Amazon bookmark and do your shopping from there. That way we get a little piece of the action and Amazon doesn't. Make sure you're also listening to everything that Pop Filter has to offer, which includes the Superhero Show Show, a podcast that covers every single TV show that's based on a comic book or comic book property, and Movie of the Year, where we sit down and try and figure out what is the single greatest movie of any given year. That's Superhero Show Show, that's Movie of the Year, and that's yourpopfilter.com. Rate, subscribe, review, bye. Gentlemen, round one, battle one is a doozy. It might all come down <laughs> to this. It's your number one seed, Jaws, versus your number 32 seed, Escape from Witch Mountain, parentheses, not the rock one. Okay, so the, yeah, the rock one was a Disney remake. The first one was a Disney movie that Disney made. In 1975. And guys, this was a weird time for Disney. Yeah, is this like Dark Disney era? Yeah, like, they were not popular at all. Has anybody seen the Aristocats? Like, what the fuck? What the fuck were they doing then? (laughs) 
it seemed like they Being maybe racist. wanted to have a little bit of edge, you know, maybe like this is not your it's not your dad's Disney. And I have to say, Escape from Witch Mountain, that's a pretty cool name. Wait, Witch Mountain? It's a that one over there. The one with the witch the on it. The tall one. But Jaws, I don't know. Would we get in trouble if we bounced Jaws in the first round? The tagline for Escape to Witch Mountain says, does not star the rock dot 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 yet. Not yet. (laughs) Well, I like their forward thinkingness. So I think this could be the quickest battle. (laughs) Probably. I don't think. Why don't we move Jaws right along? Jaws moves right along. Your next battle Battle two of round one is your 16th seed, The Day of the Locust, which is Ryan's pick, versus your 17th seed, Nashville. Oh, crap. Let's see, okay. This is a tough matchup. You got kind of hosed. Yeah, I got hosed here because I want to talk about directors all season long. Yeah. And this might be the most mm-hmm. alt menisque movie in Altman's career. This is we're, Nashville. We're Altman fans here. We're Altmen. We, uh, we have like 26 main characters. All talking Love over that. each other, because that's what they do. Love that. Yeah. That reminds me of my friends. <laughs> that yeah. That is actually the movie. It's a filmed podcast. That was the one I was specifically thinking of with the trailer from earlier. The trailer is like, okay, we understand there's a lot of characters in this movie. So yeah. in the trailer, we're just going to tell you who they all are. And then they proceed to reel off the relationships between 24 different characters. And they don't even have time to announce something them Something in the theater. <laughs> But like, I love a preview who's like, look, we already know your issue with the movie, right? Yeah. <laughs> Too many characters. Here they all are. It's almost like they're saying right off the top, like, you're going to have to see this movie a couple times. This movie is a little bit like homework, but it's also going to be pretty good. And remember how homework sometimes rules? <laughs> That's Nashville. I just, I love it for now because it's not just like, it's all about 75 stuff, like... You know, like uh, all uh, you can you can see all of the people talking about these topics that are of the day, but just that idea of making a movie like this is so 1975. You know, like uh, I don't care about plot and how I need yeah, a protag. Yeah, and yeah, real just like their hair, a real character study, and then Day of the Locust, which is a, a movie about um, you know early Hollywood, actually manages to feel like the most one of the most 75 movies like when we talk about dog day afternoon there are so many feels in day of the locust that are just like dog day afternoon just that pressure and everybody like sort of right on the edge of freaking out at any moment um and then fine because the cold war and then finally freaking out and i feel like the influences of day of the locust you see in like brazil uh you see in a lot of movies that we're very much into kind of absurd and also uh mulholland drive is one that that i think they locust directly influences so it's like every, big for us every phrase you've said greg has made me flip-flop which one i want to go <laughs> that's very that was i was like well if dog day afternoon does it do we also need day locust it's like oh well if it influenced brazil mulholland drive <laughs> maybe we should. so we have to vote ryan Mike, i think that, that now is the time that you as the host have to start making the patreon bracket yeah. And I do think that Day of the Locust should be there. And I'm also a little nervous that Nashville should be there. I hope it makes it to the eight. It should make it to the eight. Uh-oh. But uh, it's definitely Nashville. Definitely Nashville, Greg. Yeah, I have to say I'm doing this a little bit on reputation. But when I saw like the list of movies, I have not seen Nashville. And I didn't get to watch it before now. But like it was the one because I couldn't see it for free. So <laughs> it would have it would have cost me fourteen dollars to see it, and I was like, ah, dang! But and we not until I have we'll to. pay that fourteen dollars later. <laughs> yeah, well, I figured let's see if let's bracket, see if it I'll makes pay. it to the final eight, right? <laughs> uh, but I I, I, I do want to see it. I do want to do a show about it. So I'm going to vote for Nashville. 
All right, Nashville moves on. Dave Locus, maybe we'll see you in the Patreon show. Battle three of round one is your number eight seed, Love and Death, versus your 25 seed, the Stepford Wise. All right, so we do have to talk about something here, Mike. This might be a big upset seed-wise. Do we talk about do we that. just say that if Bill Cosby made a movie, that it's just out? Yep, that's how I feel. Greg? Which one did Bill Cosby make? Did Bill Cosby direct the Stepford Woody Wise? Woody Allen made his Bergman movie. Oh, his yeah. like, uh, Russian literature Bergman movie with Love and Death. And it is great. And I've heard the Stepford Wives is terrible, but it is so influential that it became a term, right? It's like... That's, a, yeah. yeah, that's the thing. Like it, it, I mean, people still talk about it all the time, but the reviews of it, both of in its time and now, are so tepid. Not terrible... <laughs> Because and, that would be interesting. Which is worse. Not really yeah. good because that would be interesting, but just so bland. So it's like... Which I know what that means. That means interesting ideas, yeah. boring movie. It does one thing well, which, which is you know already what it is because we're so far... Like right. everyone knows now what the twist uh-huh. is with the movie too. So it, does, it doesn't offer us that but either. I do think there's movies like Planet of the Apes where if you know the twist, it's still a really cool movie. Yes. Yeah. Stepford Wives yeah. is probably going to suck. But Love and Death was directed by Woody Allen. Yeah, if he wanted us to review his films, maybe don't, I don't know, do all the good shit ahead. throughout your life. Yeah, it's going to ruin the experience of watching it. It's going to ruin the experience of making the show. We're not going to be able to talk about anything else, and Mike's going to get yeah, annoyed. It, it would be an impossible yeah. film. To I watched Love and Death a long time ago, but Mike, what is Scott Ackerman's thing? Uh, you can keep watching stuff if it's from before you found so out. So not before he did it. But no, before you, found, before you out. found out. And so you yeah. guys would obviously be watching Love and Death with this on your brain the entire yeah. time. I mean, like, does that that dooms all Woody Allen movies in all brackets from yeah. here on out? We're we're saying I think we're saying it here. We, we yeah. cannot will. Not. I mean, you know, and we're gonna probably have to have this conversation for a bunch of di- different creepy acts and then like end up separating yeah. them and some gross guys. I mean, there's a Kubrick we'll movie do our in own the bracket. bracket yeah. Of gross guys. So I mean, but uh, I get. I guess we are making gradations. It's it's like, can we possibly talk about it without constantly engaging with that topic? And mm-hmm. with this director, there's just no chance. And it's not Manhattan. It's not. Yeah. This this guy playing <laughs> it's this not, guy. It's not Annie Hall. Going uh, out with a seventeen-year-old girl in that, like that, is the plot of the movie. This is this covers other stuff, but still, it's going to be impossible to get around. Yeah, I think it would be an hour and a half of what we're doing right now. So, the Stepford Wives, a movie that none of us want to watch. It's gonna get. It's just gonna get bounced next. I loved Disturbing Behavior as a kid, which is what if the Stepford Wives was with teenagers? But you know, Sad had paranoia, paranoia. Everyone's coming to get me. We talked about this a little bit up. And had Katie Holmes. We talked about this a little bit up at the, at the top, but you know, even if the movie's not great, if it helps embiggen our understanding of seventy five, then I think it's a perfectly mm-hmm. cromulent choice because th- we don't. I mean, it's not going to win, and so that kind of sucks. But it's just nice to get sort of a picture of what everybody was into in seventy five, which in part was this movie, The Stepford Wives. And I think that a movie about hey, why do we have these wives to deal with? Why don't we get robots? Will probably teach us a little bit about nineteen seventy five. Like yes. that, it seems very yeah. much on. When you find out the scientist is the hero, oh, yeah. that tells us something. Yeah, seventy five has some issues with ladies, as we're going to talk about with every single movie because it's unavoidable. But <laughs> as uh... you may hear every week for the next two, ten weeks, Greg, we got to vote. Yeah, so I'm going to say Stepford Wise. I'm going to say Love and Death. It's clearly Stepford Wives. All right. 
Before we take a break, let's do one more battle. Your fourth battle of the first round is your number nine seed Shampoo versus your 24th seed Darkstar, the place I used to get Magic the Gathering cards and comic books. yeah. Darkstar (laughs) is weirdly factored in all of our lives even before we knew each other because it was like one of the biggest comic book stores right around us. If you, yeah, if you grew up in Huntington Beach, for sure. Uh, (laughs) So Darkstar is directed by John Carpenter and is a... uh, sort of like high budget version of his low budget movie before this, like a student film, almost like evil dead two is yeah. to evil dead. Mm-hmm. You're, you're doing a so hard, good, n- not quite a, Dark not Star. quite a sequel, not quite a remake, but I think shampoo is such a fucking, like, I know what 1975 is yeah. in 1975. Like I'm going to sum it up right, right now for you in the time with Warren goddamn Beatty and like the director of Harold and Maude and, uh, like I just and it, like it all takes place on the night that Nixon is will he be reelected or not? I think it's really hard, and it was like a huge box office hit. I uh, I think it's hard to not pick shampoo here. I saw so for Warren Beatty, Greg. You saw. I saw Warren Beatty outside a hotel in London. What? Like four years ago, I just walked by him. I was walking out of the hotel. He was. Walking and you're only telling us into, now, and I'm only telling you now. But I saw him for maybe two seconds as an old man. That is the coolest person I've ever Did seen with my <laughs> with my actual human eyes, and you could just tell right away. Like celebs really have it, you guys. They really have the magic. There, there is <laughs> there is that X factor, uh, and so for dummies like me, who their whole life based on titles alone, shampoo is not soap. Those are different it, movies. Uh, well, soap's not even a movie, big guy. That's a TV show. It's that's also a, one not of the most soap dish. TV oh. shows of all time. Soap dish. That's I've confused those three things my entire. But here, life. here's what is crazy. Yeah. Shampoo is based on the life of a uh, celebrity hairdoer who then went on to marry Barbara Streisand and then went on to become one of the most powerful producers in Hollywood history. Oh shit, I didn't know that. Yeah. The, the movie's about that? No, the movie's not about that. It's, it's just a, about his life, but then he later goes on to yeah. do this thing. It's just it's so just about the time too? when he was just a hairdresser. But then that the guy who like it's like a uh, Burt Kreischer and Van Wilder. I don't know if you guys yeah, have heard about those. They should probably two. make a sequel. It's yeah. all because they're making the spiritual sequel to Van Wilder when Burt Kreischer hung out with the mob accidentally of Russia. But like, for a if long you guys time. have seen Harold and Maude, uh, it is a comedy. But you know, it's it's sort isn't of it, isn't it just about him just banging everybody? Yeah, and then coming to terms. That's yeah, and like three members of the same like sort of family. Yeah, dude, he's and, banging like, everybody. Do you think this is funny? And then the audience is sort of like, no. And then Warren Beatty realizes that you said no at the end. And it's it's a <laughs> lot to deal with. And the the whole Nixon thing, I think that we could do a whole show about like what how much did that did that like uh voting time mean as much as like when Biden beat Trump or when Trump beat Hillary. Mm. All right. Voting time, it is John Carpenter's remake of his student film versus everything they just said. Ryan Shampoo. What will it be? Greg. Shampoo. I almost what watched it, be? but I didn't have time. All right, we got one for Dark Star and two for Shampoo, so I'll just be putting Dark Star right. I mean, that we can go to Dark Star after this if you want, Mike. Uh, I do need just new buy dice. a bunch of boosters. <laughs> uh, we... Pokemon the Gathering. Come on, Ryan. Oh, no, <laughs> you're phoning up, it in. They sold comic books. Fart. I bought most of the Clone Saga there. <laughs> we are going to take a break, and when we come back, that's right, it's Battle Five. Taste buds, we are back with the fifth matchup as I previously hinted at, and by hinted at, I mean said it is Dog Day Afternoon versus French Connection 
two? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, all right, a couple things. Uh, one, we sort of do the bracket so as to not have sequels. Uh-huh. And two, this has been a pretty... Like, the original director, William Freakin, who also hates Exorcist 2. Like, this is just his thing. He makes hit movies uh-huh. and then moves on to talk shit on the sequels. <laughs> Uh, has said that, that this is a terrible movie. The problem is that it does have Gene Hackman. And I don't like a season of movie of the year without Gene Hackman. So yeah, you've it, never liked any of our seasons? Uh, Royal Tenenbaum's bitch. I have to one. say, for a movie that has been 100% absolutely forgotten, and in fact, when you hear French Connection 2, right away your brain goes, what, really? Most yeah. movie people will say, no, no not a no. movie. That's but from 30 Rock. It actually, <laughs> it actually has okay-ish reviews. And, you know, The French Connection is like an amazing movie. So even if this is like a pale comparison, which it most certainly is, that could still be an okay time. I have a question, though, along the Woody Allen lines. So Dog Day Afternoon is clearly moving on. But yeah. let's, let's, you know, talk about this for not. a little bit. Uh, if we're not doing Woody Allen, are we doing movies about how violent, disgusting cops are awesome and portrayed as heroes? Yeah, because I but think are, you can tackle that. What what movie is that? French Connection 2. Oh, uh, yeah. I was just no. saying, the cops do not come out well in Dog Day Afternoon. Yeah, yeah like I was also confused. I was like, I, I guess Bumbling I executioners. Uh, no, they're like, all we fat do Dirty donut. Harry sometimes? Yeah. Well, we, we could do Dirty Harry. I could see that. I mean, we might do Dirty Harry, but that's because it was so big in that year that we have no choice. If we have yeah. a choice, I'm guessing that... Like, if we have a choice with Woody Allen, I'm guessing that we're, we're probably going to go the other way. And French Connection, the actual good movie, you know, from two years before that, that's a movie that probably would make the Elite Eight, and we right. would have to deal with the violent disgustingness of white cops the entire time. I'm saying, if, if it's a sequel, let's get around it. <laughs> and especially, like, this dog... Er- this French Connection day two. Afternoon, as you French call Connection it. two isn't going up against Escape from Witch Mountain, right? It's right. going yeah. up against one of the movies that was always going to be in one of the Elite Eight. I'm predicting it now that Dog and, Day Afternoon makes and it. And like, I mean, if we're looking for the seventy five est movie, yeah, Dog Day Afternoon is the seventy five est movie. So and even the, more than French Connection, do you? And the two thousand twenty first ish movie. Yeah. Like, do you know who? Uh, Al Pacino is fighting for. Like, do you know the reason for him going to the bank? Like. And robbing it, like these are all very topical, interesting things right now that are, I think, are ballsy for then and ballsy for now. I do have to say, I think people misremember his state of mind because he that his <laughs> avowed reason for doing that is for Leon. But this is obviously such a bent person. I can't wait till we talk about Dog Day Afternoon because get you get to see you get to see his whole rationale, and then you find out that he hasn't even been talking to his wife for six months. Right. <laughs> but yeah. I, and honestly, uh, you would think watching Dog Day Afternoon that dealing with the issues of like homosexuality or trans life would be worse in 75, and you'd be right, but only incrementally. Right. Mm-hmm. I can't believe how much only slightly better it is now than it was in 1975. That's that's the honest uh, PSA. It gets slightly better incrementally. It gets slightly better. <laughs> the, the language is less rude and crude, but the idea of you're still less of a person in my mind... That has stayed directly from 75, I think, until, you know, a lot of uh, transphobic and, and uh, homophobic people now. Also, now that we've entered the 70s, I, th- I I would like to establish a John Cazale rule where we're going to do all of his movies. He was in Dog Day Afternoon, The Deer Hunter, Godfather and Godfather Part 2, and then he died. And so... Is that Leon? 
No, that's his partner. His Oh, dude, that guy is yeah. interesting too, Sal. Yeah, that's Sal. And obviously, okay, Sal, his whole Sal's whole like appearance in that movie is obviously very influential on uh, a movie we did, Joker. He basically looks exactly like Joker in that movie. Yeah. Save well, it except, for the show. Well, I just I just saw it. I'm excited. I'm glad that we're going to have a chance to, to He talk recently about had Dog a Dog Day, Day afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> Greg is ready to do all these movies right now because he watched <laughs> them all this week anyway. So it sounds like Dog Day Afternoon is moving on. No need to vote. By a, by a hair's breadth. Battle six, round one is Rollerball versus Picnic at Hanging Rock. All right. Uh, so why don't we why don't we dive into Rollerball real quick? I saw um, Rollerball with Chris Klein and Slipknot and liked can, that in high school. Can we all admit two things about this movie? One, this is iconic box cover art from our time yeah. walking through movie stores. And, and two, we're not going to, but we all kind of want to see this movie, right? Don't we? Absolutely. Like, not because it's good, but because it looks sort of dumb and interesting. In a future where war no longer exists, there will be the game. And that game, it's mostly roller skating, guys. <laughs> also, I want to talk about Norman Jewison's directing career real quick. Uh, Moonstruck, In the Hell Heat of the yeah. Night, Fiddler on the Roof, Jesus Christ Superstar. So covered the Christians and the Jews. And then Rollerball. <laughs> and the Thomas, he did the Thomas Crown Affair? Thomas Crown Affair. And then The Hurricane with Denzel Washington. Wow. What an interesting catalog. But man, Moonstruck? That's awesome. I love Moonstruck. Moonstruck rolls. We haven't done Moonstruck's year, right? No. no. Otherwise, we would have fucking talked about it. That's 87. Yeah. I assume. Uh, in the Heat of the Night is like, you will call me Mr. Tibbs, like uh-huh. a very famous white cop, black cop movie. Sidney Poitier. Uh, Fiddler on the Roof is a movie I've never seen, but I've heard it referenced a lot. If I were a rich man, uh, and I love Fiddler on the Roof. I love these careers of people who, instead of like, it's it's not Hitchcockian, right? Like, it's not like mm-hmm. I'm gonna make the same movie every time or I'm gonna have the same themes every time. And people shit on these careers typically, you know, like, right. oh, you never figured it out. But I think this guy did. I think he did yeah. figure it out, and he, he made a lot fucking of Rollerball. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna all. put a little respect on the, <laughs> the name of the director of Rollerball. This guy's gauntlet on the cover of Rollerball, so spiky. Yeah. You know that's got to factor in in some way into the competition. And so much of me wants to celebrate 1975 by watching more movies like Rollerball instead mm-hmm. of, the, you know, the the movies that we watch every year, which is right. like I'm drama, and I'm so a are you. Film. But I've heard of late the people are chattering about how great this little movie is called yes. Picnic at Hanging Rock. Okay, so uh, I watched Picnic at Hanging Rock, and the less people know about the movie Picnic at Hanging Rock, the better it will be when they watch it. But it is, I guarantee you, it will be one of the most interesting movies you've seen. It's not perfect, but it's very interesting. And I think what it also is going to provide for us in 75 is we're not getting a lot of, like, the female perspective in any of these movies. And in fact, some of these movies like have never even like talked to a real girl. They're just like, (laughs) they're just honestly the female characters. They seem like, like what a guy guesses a woman might think about some issues, but he doesn't want to like look too deep into it. Um, They're, they're very misogynistic. This movie centers uh, the experience of young women and I think that it would be really nice. I think that would be a culture clash. Like God it would damn be like it, Greg. I was so ready to vote for Rollerball, but then you said that. <laughs> well, I mean, if you do that, you're a sexist. But like, based on what I think 75 is going to be, the fact that like we see a woman's perspective, like it's going to be a splash of cold water. Yeah, 
Yeah, and you know, it's all but also even though it's set in 1900 Australia, it has such it has the same exact tense feeling that our other 1975 movies are going to bring to us, which is the people just on the very edge of giving into absolute madness and kind of wanting it to come because of the release of that uh-huh. madness because they're, they are a bowstring that has been pulled back for years and years by the Vietnam war, by Nixon, by fucking hippies, by counterculture. And they just kind of would like to snap. And so every movie is about like glorifying that snap, you know? I mean, just oh. the fact that Australia like had like game, cameras at that time, I think is something to celebrate. It's bananas. <laughs> I also think Greg is really arguing for a movie. I know he doesn't want to argue for later in the brown, but <laughs> it sounds like picnic by- at hanging rock is moving on. If you want to move Rollerball to the bonus Patreon? list or yeah. the Patreon, I, I'm totally down because it, it really is like a bunch of dudes skating in a circle to the death. And I am always <laughs> going to be down with that. All right. Round one, battle seven is three days of Condor and a boy and his dog. Wait, versus a boy and his dog. That's not one movie. Okay. okay. So, okay. You go, Ryan. Uh, this one's really hard for me because uh, Boy and His Dog seems like the perfect like indie movie where it's Don Johnson. That's right. That Don Johnson. Watchmen's <laughs> Don Johnson? <laughs> uh, walking around a post-apocalyptic future, like a Mad Max oh, future. Shit. Uh, and his only weapon is his dog, who is telepathic. Oh, shit. Okay. So I saw Three Days of the Condor. Now, this is Sidney Pollock's other movie. This is right. his Oscar nominated movie. This is the big one, right? And it follows a, a guy who works for the CIA, and he's not quite a CIA agent. What he is, is he is a prolific reader. And uh, they have him read books from other countries That's to see why if Greg there's. Likes it. Okay, I could be a hero too. <laughs> but it has all the seventy-five stuff, which is like he's in the CIA and something goes wrong, and he doesn't know who he can trust, and he's not sure if it, who he's working for anymore. He's not Love sure that. if there's some rogue organization. He, of all things, he decides this guy Condor. On the run, he decides he's just going to like kidnap Faye Dunaway because he sees her and he needs her car. So he also kind of kidnaps Pulls her. A King Kong. And, and she's so pretty. It's got a little it's got the 75 thing of just like very weird messages about women. Um mm-hmm. they have they end up having like a brief romantic interlude and it's not you're never quite sure if you're supposed to feel like okay about the fact that this woman he kind of kidnapped, he just like had sex with without releasing her from being kidnapped and like kind of still calls her kidnapped. Um <laughs> and that's all in the middle of a really slick spy drama uh, about the about technology and about us not knowing who controls the reins of power for what, real anymore. What are the seeds again, Mike? The seeds are uh, three days of the condor is five and a boy and his dog is 28. But for me, what really seals it is this is one of the biggest influences on Captain America, the winter soldier. Yeah. And so it that really has is. me leaning towards. And Mike, so much so that they had to change the casting of Captain America, the winter soldier. <laughs> like they put him in the movie. Yeah. Right. I mean, and, yeah, like, uh, the move, like when you watch this, you feel like you were watching that movie the entire time. It's it's obviously the references were not like a wink and a nod; they were like uh, built into the wholesale. fiber of that movie. <laughs> and it is it is very slick and cool. And the technology that they have in the movie, even though it's technology from seventy five, they shoot it in such a way where it really does look cool. You're like, oh man, look at this stuff. You like send a fax. It's Ooh. uh the it, it's the fifth seed, and I know that the first through fourth fourth seeds are impeachable, right? Like, it can go higher. But, like, this is, to me, the most 1975 movie. Yeah. Robert Redford, Faye Dunaway, directed by Sidney Pollock, about, like, I thought I could trust everyone, but, in fact, I can trust no one. 
Like I feel like that's going to be the thing throughout the mm-hmm. entire season. And and you find out. I, who, I don't know if this movie will win, but I think it will just be the most emblematic. Encapsulate. Yeah. yeah. And you find out who you are when you encounter these things. Like he is so protected, and this causes him to find out who he is. And honestly, it becomes pretty dark by the end of it because he's not, you know. And this is kind of the country rash, like thinking about itself, right? Like they just got smacked in the face. We just got smacked in the face in, in, in everything that came with the Vietnam War, and it made us realize, like, who are we? Are we're the we are the kind of country who does all we the terrible the things we just did, and we don't understand what is at the helm anymore. We don't understand what the guiding principles are anymore. We're lost, and that's what this movie captures: is that feeling of being lost. And honestly, I think th- I, I think that it did give birth to uh, the Mission Impossible series, which oh, yeah. is just uh-huh. like sure. uh, every single movie is Tom Cruise, Ethan Hunt saying, uh, all right, I'm here. I'm, I am I work for this company and I'm here. And they're like, oh, no, we don't trust you. And we're all against you. And he's like, what the fuck? Now Again? I have to run uh, every single movie. And this is it all in one sort of drama, like romance drama instead of an action movie. All right. So it sounds like a born his dog is getting kicked. Uh, the rocks. I, I would like to put that on the Patreon list. Just because it's so weird, no, it's, right? Yeah, like, so, I mean, yeah. that feels like dogs. the kind of movies that you, we don't quite get anymore that are just so absurd and out there. All right. I'm excited about this one. Your eighth battle. 12th seed, The Man Who Would Be King versus your 21st seed, Death Race 2000. Ryan, what's The Man Who Would Be King? The Man Who Would Be King is two of our most... Uh, charismatic 1975 actors. It's Michael Caine and Sean Connery. Oh shit! In the same Damn. movie. Damn. And they both. Sexy. You know they hooked up. They both go to brown people and they're like, "Uh, we'll take over." And it doesn't work out well. No. It's it's a borderline comedy of two fucking morons being like, "This is not gonna work out." Uh, this was an early movie for me being like, this was an early favorite for me. Like when I was a kid, I was like, oh, this is, is what like, I would like movies to it be. It sounds like it's a colonialism farce. Yes. Yeah. A oh colonialism farce. is it, Like the Ishtar of our generation. <laughs> uh, I think this movie is so great and so hilarious, but I did, Mike, I'm so sorry. I watched Death Race 2000 last night. Ryan. Yeah. Oh my God. And it's all you're going to argue for now? It is the perfect movie. I want to bring... <laughs> Stephanie, my wife, in here to talk about it because when we put it on, she was like, 1975? Why? You guys are stupid. That's not even a year. I don't even think that year exists. They didn't have movies. And then we put it on, and five minutes in, she was like, oh, this is my favorite movie of all time. <laughs> oh, now, shit. full disclosure, she loves death races. She does. So that's, and the number of... 2000. <laughs> Man, I like how they were like, uh, let, this should be set in the future. What's like the farthest into the future anyone can think? And someone was like, I guess 2000. <laughs> oh, yeah. the, whole time, the whole time, they're like, oh, he won the death race in 97, 98, 99. I was alive for that. Like, so... <laughs> So you won no, the race with Smash Mouth was super <laughs> super popular. I graduated from high school when that guy won the death race. Uh, this is like uh, this is full on making fun of Oscar winning movies. You know, it's like it's like the mm-hmm. English Patient. It's like all of that stuff. But like, what if it was just like two people like us that were sent into there? Like Lawrence of Arabia is a moron, <laughs> and he just gets sent in there. And it's it's a really amazing, really funny movie versus a movie that had a. $5,000 budget and spent every goddamn dollar of that budget. I have I have to say is it every 
bout of colonialism a colonialism farce though like is it that is true. is this a comedy or is this almost in a way just like a straight telling of how this always goes and it right. men who would be king would be harsh for us because we're in post trump so mm-hmm. we're gonna look at this movie much differently as if like what if two trumps went to a, a different country um I do. I I would like to make another request. I would like whatever loses this to be on One the Patreon. Yeah, is in the Patreon bracket. All right. I I like that. I cannot tell which way this is going to go. Greg, what's your vote? I am going to go honestly between those two. Something about the man who would be king. I'm just afraid as a topic that we're going to get bogged down talking about a bunch of like just boring and upsetting things. I'm going to say death rays might be the more fun experience. And based on your wife's review, that sounds Uh, like it's an engaging movie. So I'm going to say death rays 2000. She put the baby down on the floor and she was like, (laughs) death rays, death rays. (laughs) And Ryan, it's the man who will be king. Uh, I'm disgusted how little we've done for the work of pulpy 75 movies so far. So I vote for Death Race 2000 oh to move on. Uh, second lead in this movie, which I thought was like based on the cover art of the DVD. It was like, uh, oh, you had a 30 second cameo. But no, that's not true. The second lead of this movie is one Sylvester Stallone. Oh, and he yeah. is amazing in this Why movie. Why didn't you lead with that? Were you afraid it would like want us sway to us? For it, but we did because we're dumb, bitch. He, he gets really <laughs> pissed at his navigator, who is a woman who he's been beating the entire movie. Uh, he gets really pissed at her and says, you motherfucking baked potato and screams <laughs> it at the top of his lungs. Cannot wait to start screaming that at both of you. We have to take a quick break, and when we come back, you're not in battle. Hola, Felterinos. I just wanted to interrupt real briefly and say thank you for listening. Thank you for your support. If you want to support us a little more directly, you can go to patreon.com slash yourpopfilter. There, depending on what tier you pick, $1 a month, $5 a month. If you're crazy, anything more than $5 a month, don't do that. You can get extra content. There's extra shows, extra series, uh, behind-the-scenes stuff. Uh, You could pay for ryan to draw you a picture Uh, i can write you a poem you can get the shirts off our very own backs all of that and so much more over at patreon.com slash your pop filter while you're on the internet you should check out shady monk he does all the tunes you've been listening to he's on bandcamp he's on spotify uh soundcloud wherever kids get their music these days that i'm too old to know shady monk lives there uh you can probably follow him on twitter and instagram as well that's shady monk wherever you get music check them out here is another very quick battle i'm calling it right now your number two seed is one flew over the cuckoo's nest your 31st seed is hard times okay this is like a boxing movie or like yeah a charles bronson Michael? prison movie right and they gotta like fight this is a weird time where charles bronson was like an action hero despite the fact that he looked like one of your dad's weird friends yeah <laughs> at some point charles bronson was a handsome guy like oh i'll go see that movie because he's a handsome guy but this is also the time of donald sutherland and elliot gould so <laughs> sex pots <laughs> yeah i feel like uh, charles bronson is in like a million different movies where his whole family gets eliminated and then he has yeah. to just go shoot everybody with a revolver until he feels better and well, he the might Death be the last series is yeah. about him getting remarried at the beginning of every movie and then it happens again he That's not the- true, Greg. Don't make that face. Okay. <laughs> I just imagine like if the Punisher just kept getting remarried, having a new family, and then losing them again. 
at some point in like the 90s, everybody was like, I'll be in one movie every two years. But before that, I think Charles Bronson might be the last actor who was like, four movies per year. Four. Four. Just or I'm going to get kicked out of Hollywood. And tell me when to show up. Yes, I will be in your movie. Just pay me money. He's just calling people and pitching that. And honestly, good for him because he's a terrible actor. So yeah. like, yeah. and he's he's not he squints real good. He's not impressive looking. So if people really want to like pay him to be in movies, I think he was good to get like as many of those as possible. If you guys really wanted a Charles Bronson movie for the bracket, I guess this would be it. But it's going up against. I'm sorry, Mike. What one flew, one flew over the over cuckoo's the, nest? Your second seed. Yeah, that's that, that's a rough okay. get. So that moves on. Your next battle is Greg's choice, the Yakuza, versus Greg's anti-choice, Sallow. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Which is the movie I referenced earlier. Greg made a really good point of what 75 is and captures, and I think he argued for Sallow hard. (laughs) He was trying to argue for Picnic at Hanging Rock. Uh yeah I Yakuza the reason I chose it was for all the all the reasons I think I said in and maybe the other show but it it was another Sydney Pollock movie um it, for three days of the Condor uh and I wanted to see like more a more middle of the pack movie would be like it has all the same themes I think which is you know like who do you trust and who do you work for mm-hmm. and um you know where where does power really lie and because it's Paul Schrader who wrote the script there's a lot of self sacrifice and actual self destruction. And it's a very good movie. Um I I but it like it's forgettable in a way that Sallow is you know, a hundred days of Sodom. You'll never forget yeah, Sallow. Yeah, is not is almost everybody you know knows about and has an opinion about if they if they know anything about movies. So it, it's probably gonna get steamrolled here. But you really don't want to watch torture porn. Yeah, well, I, you know, uh, I personally am not going to watch it because, uh, it, and it's not even really a principled stand. It's just, I I don't want to have the experience. So, uh, I do not like that there is, that there, how much torture there is in most popular culture. Like, almost every show that I watch or comic book that I read uh, has some scene of torture in it. And this seems like a movie kind of based around that. And if you guys watch it, I will be interesting to hear if you think there is a redeeming social worth to this movie, which I am not saying that there definitely isn't, but that my, my, my thought is that it will be an awful experience with no redemption at the end. But you're not saying that there definitely is. Mike, uh, let me ask you this question. When Greg says he's not watching Sallow, and we say that we're going to, does that make you more mad at Greg <laughs> or me and you? Oh, that's interesting. I think if I could take a step back from being me or you, it should probably be me or you, but because I'm me or you, it's Greg. But like all the, I'm saying there's is that, a sentence. All I all I'm saying though is that I will not personally watch the movie. Like it's a very personal choice. It, yeah. it I, I I did not take any sort of oath to watch like any movie that came out because I said I would be on a podcast about them. It's just it is very <laughs> literally like I I cannot foresee myself enjoying the experience at all, and I think it will actually hurt me and harm me in the long run. And so then it's just a personal choice to be like, no, thank you, I don't want to do that. I uh, yeah, and like it will actually hurt me and you, Mike, to watch this movie. Well, I don't like me or you, so my Fuck vote him. is for Sallow. <laughs> so is mine. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> I, yeah, and I guess I probably would, too. You know, At least for this one, I, I would vote. I, I, I don't think it makes sense to... That seems cruel. ...to move it past. <laughs> that means yeah. you want to hurt your friends. No, I, I, and I should also underline, I believe you two have the right not to watch this or any other movie 
as well. Nope. People should make I that sign choice. The contract you said you didn't <laughs> sign. You had a better lawyer than I did. I, 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 you know, if you don't want to watch it, I don't want you to. But I'm also, by the same token, I'm not telling you you may not watch it. You have the free choice. <laughs> Please make it make good use you, of it. Your eleventh battle is your number seventh seed, a movie I've seen more than literally any other movie in my life: Monty Python and the Holy Grail versus something called Cholet in your twenty sixth seed. Okay, so. Can I go on Cholet before please, we please please talk do. about Cholet? Uh, show India makes hundreds of thousands of movies per year. And Cholet is sort of commonly known as the best one. There is no Indian movie in the history of time that has this much drama, comedy, action, romance. It has it all. Like this was the time where Bollywood was like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's do it all in this one particular movie. Hell yeah. And it's three hours, which is long. But compared to most Bollywood movies, it's actually kind of short. <laughs> and, co- and compared to some other movies in this bracket, yeah, it's pretty short. <laughs> uh, Sholay is this huge movie that like kickstarted this thing of like, what if we balanced uh, the way that Indian movies are made with the way that Hollywood movies are made? And it's supposed to be the funniest, best movie of all time. And Holy Grail? And the Holy Grail is, I don't know, something that I think that the three of us have to grapple with, right? Like, I have known you guys for my entire life, and we don't have a lot of Monty Python conversations. That's true. Terry Terry Gillum is a uh, very big uh, yeah. director of Brazil, and he directed this as well. But did he direct the live action parts, or did he, did he just direct the interstitial cartoon parts? Like weird cartoons? We I, don't thought know the, I thought the whole thing. We don't know. Yeah, so I think he this did direct the whole thing. thing. I think, uh, but this Monty Python, obviously, we're not the biggest Monty Python fans. This is, I think, you know, their best movie. I'll go out on a limb and say it. But it, uh, it's definitely a sketch comedy movie. And there are definitely some sketches, not skits, sketches well, that are big, big swings and big, big misses. They're not going to bat a thousand. Yeah, that seems, and that kind of seems to be the Monty, Monty Python experience, right? Like, some of the jokes in there are for nobody. <laughs> just and not even for them who wrote it. They're like ballast. They're just ca- for Christopher Guest or counterbalance to the really funny stuff. But the bits that that hit, and hopefully it will not become just us going like, "Hey, the knights say neat, right?" Uh, Tim, right? Uh, well, we're gonna be like, "But what do the knights say neat represent?" Tis only a scratch, right? This is another thing where I would I would like to watch. Or I would like to like uh, be a fan of Rick and Morty or Harley Quinn, but the other fans like uh-huh. sort of like make me keep that quiet, that keep me quiet to myself. Yes, I uh, even though I have a Harley Quinn tattoo and Rick and Morty shoes, I also try to keep my fandom quiet because there's monsters who scream about Szechuan sauce. I have to say, for me, the I think the the Rick and Morty folks were the first time I ever was like. I'm, I'm not. Go- I'm not going to say that I like something. Yeah. Because of how, like, I've never had that. Because honestly, Monty Python folks are extreme and and silly and weird and everything. But this is the first group where I was like, no, this is like the Proud Boys or something. Like, yeah. I'm not. I don't want to be associated with these people. <laughs> Mike, if what I said about Shole like turns you on, if you want to put that on it the bracket, I'm sort of down. Like, I like it is three hours, but it's supposed to be spectacular. Uh, but the thumb on pop culture that this this particular movie has i don't know what else to do yeah i think it is impossible to ignore but we'll see how the votes go greg 
Yeah, it's it's holy grail. I wouldn't mind seeing this Bollywood movie just to get a feel for it, and because it, you know Bollywood it, it has been like now. So how much talk about the, a blind spot, right? How much and yeah. also yeah, how much of the influence of Bollywood has come back yeah. onto Hollywood? Sure. Like now suddenly we're just putting dance numbers in the middle of any movie because we <laughs> like that they did it. Like, like I, that would be neat to see. Can't you see like an entire Indian audience watching Fast Nine and being like, eh, all right. Uh, yeah, well, they, yeah, they must be like, these are silly fucking people, yeah. dude. Like, do they think this is what life is really like? Do they really think this happens? And honestly, when you live in America, baby, it do. Uh, yeah. It, every, every day. Cars every every day. <laughs> and Ryan. Uh, I don't want to. I'm, I'm going to go with my producer hat and say Monty Python, but I want to watch the Cholet movie. Yeah, Cholet sounds fun, but Monty Python moves on. Hey, your next battle is your 10th seed, Tommy, and your 23rd seed, Shivers. Hey, I get to do this this time. I watched Shivers last week, and I want to say Tommy should move on. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, I think it should at least be fun to watch a movie about a small apartment building on a small island getting infested with sex zombies. But you but- know what? It's disturbing, and I don't know if it is worth talking about. <laughs> Mike, you're in moody time now. You're in movie of the year time, where like all movies should be painful and make you think about all of your terrible things that you've done in your life. Isn't Shivers mm-hmm. that? I guess it is that. We do get to talk about sexual assault. It's Cronenberg, so oh, that's, d- he's Don't a guy. worry about 75, baby. If you want to talk <laughs> about sexual assault, we got movies on movies. We can make you talk about sexual yeah, assault. Yeah, we got that. We got that covered. Tommy uh, has a uh, adult woman pouring baked beans all over herself. I, I, I think I would, I, I would love to do Tommy. I've never seen it before. It sounds awesome. It feels like it's not going to make it past whatever the next thing yeah, is. Yeah, sure. So <laughs> why don't we just get shivers the fuck out of here and yeah. do Tommy? If if Shivers sounds interesting to you, just watch James Gunn's homage Slither, and it's funny and much better and doesn't creep you out. Your 13th seed is... Nope. Your 13th battle is your number three seed, The Rocky Horror Picture Show, Woo! versus your 30th seed, a not-typoed movie, The Iger Sanction, not The Tiger Sanction. <laughs> okay, so in The Iger Sanction, uh, Clint Eastwood is an assassin who says, no matter what happens, I will kill my target. And then... Uh, his target is a uh, mountain climber. Uh-oh. And then he's like, then I will learn mountain climbing. And he learns mountain climbing better than that mountain climber ever could and then kills that guy. Dang. That's I hilarious. never realized I saw a ripoff version of this movie when I was a kid called Cliffhanger. Cliffhanger? Buddy. Yeah. Cliffhanger. Well, Cliffhanger is a fucking all-timer. Boom. Cliffhanger. All right. But nobody dresses up like Clint Eastwood's assassin every Saturday night to throw rice at <laughs> the guy he's trying to kill on the mountainside. So if we're talking about pop culture thumbprints. Can we talk right now about like uh, the amount of Rocky you guys are? Yeah, because yeah, we can rock it. I think we're all very different levels of it. So I'll go first. Uh, I This movie has been a presence in my life. I've always been aware of. I had never seen it all the way through until this year. Really? Yes. Wow. And I'm like a person that just got religion. <laughs> I'm like running up to people on streets. I'm like, have you heard the message of Rocky Horror Picture? And they're like, yes, everybody has. And I'm like, it's amazing. You should see it. Oh, you said you did see it. Okay, goodbye. Uh, I'm so into it. And I enjoyed it so much. It's not. It doesn't bat a thousand. It doesn't make any sense, but it's just so, so it's like on that, it's, Yeah, it's on that Mighty Python <laughs> it level. It really it, is. It's, a, it's another sketch comedy movie. 
my relationship is uh, my older sister when she was like nine and I was six when I found the one movie mom tried to hide let's watch uh-huh. it while she's gone and was freaked out as a six year old but then went to see it starting at 16 and then went a lot to the live experiences and helped initiate other people and it is a weird experience I think it is two thirds of a really cool interesting fun movie and then there's the end of it so I'm excited to dig in and talk about it and figure out why for some reason and I was like I was born and raised a musical kid born and raised by myself by the way my parents had nothing to do with that. Uh, I was a little shot person, and I thought that the, like the Rocky Horror and Little Shot people were in contention. No, that's uh, Priscilla, the Queen of the Desert, in Rocky Horror. I learned that from Drew Carey's show. But like, it's really hard to not want to do a show with you two about Rocky, right? Like, yeah, that would be a fucking sweet show. The problem is that the Iger Sanction also has people going to theaters, dressing up as <laughs> mountain climbers, yeah. and uh, doing all the stuff. Uh, Rocky Horror, I mean, like, it's almost guaranteed not to win. And I don't want to vote something on that's guaranteed not to win the whole thing. But I don't know if it captures the 75-ness of uh, gender fluidity and and sexual norms. I mean, are these, are all, these are all good points. And, like, we can't not do a Rocky Horror show. Like, yeah. Yeah. I'm really... I'm coming in costume. Yeah, I think I am, too. Like, it, I'm really excited for, like... Mike is hosting the 75 season, which includes a Rocky Horror show. I don't, I don't know what I'm going to do. You know, like, and it's a it's a bridge between a lot of these different themes in mm-hmm. these different movies too. So I think it's going to fit into the season very well. It's not one of these where I'm worried that we're just going to be too reverential of it, or that we're just going to like you know do the Chris Farley. Do you remember when this happened? I think we're going to really have a chance to get into it, and we can maybe figure out why it just absolutely hits a wall but in Greg, the third act. Yeah. Greg, you don't have to fucking deal with the emails from all the Iger Sanction fans writing <laughs> yeah, in saying, how Ryan. did you... Yeah. I, a lot of them DM me on uh, Twitter, Ryan. And, you know, honestly, right. they're they're kind of reasonable if you just hear them out. Rocky Horror moves on. Your 14th seed is my pick, Dolmite, versus your 19th seed, something called Mirror. A foreign film? Ryan? A, uh, is Mirror a foreign film? One of it, these foreign films? Yeah, like we can move on. Like I've watched Dolomite, and Mir is Tarkovsky. And uh, if we're if we have the uh, opportunity to do a Tarkovsky show, we're gonna take that opportunity. Dolomite is awesome. And Mike, I would love for you to move that to the Patreon or to the bonus episodes because we should do an episode on Dolomite. It is so itself, you know, like it's so <laughs> it's so Dolomite. But Mirror, once again, was directed by Andrei Tarkovsky. And this is, uh, you know, like one of the greatest directors of all time. Mike, you and I have done... Stalker? We, uh, yeah, we've done Stalker on a podcast. We've done... Um, we did one other one, I think, on a podcast. He's the guy who directed the original Solaris. Um, just, it's going to be tough. It's going to be painful. It's going to be us watching a video essay and trying to make sense of it. But... We absolutely have to do it. Greg, what's your vote? M- mirror. I've been reflecting on my choice, and it's Mirror. Oh, Greg. <laughs> mirror moves on. Dolmite is on the Patriot bracket. Let's take a break, and then we'll come back and do the last two battles. Only two battles left of round one, and then so many more battles. And then a bunch of battles. Your sixth seed, Barry Lyndon, versus your 27th seed, Night Moves. 
Uh, okay, so I think that if you've already won Movie of the Year, then you automatically get yeah. moved into at least the Sweet 16. At least the Sweet 16. I, when I first heard of this movie, I thought, Barry Lyndon, I thought, oh, this must be lesser Kubrick. I'm sorry, Greg, did you mean... Barry Lyndon. Barry Lyndon. It's weird because half the people are English and half the people are Irish, so I don't know what silly voice to do. Uh, but I thought, you know, oh, this must be lesser Kubrick, but... First of all, it doesn't feel like lesser at all when you're watching it. And also, it's very well reviewed. It was nominated for Best Picture. Is this movie kind of like out of the zeitgeist, though? It's. I think that when you're talking about a director like Kubrick... Which I usually am. Which, uh, God yeah, damn it. I'm a cinemaphile. I want to talk to Greg about like the NBA, let's say, yeah. or like working out. And he's like, uh, Kubrick didn't make a movie about either of those. So why don't you shut oh, up? shit. But imagine if he did. It might go a little something like this. <laughs> Two hours later. Holy shit. Oh, that was the best amazing. movie I have ever <laughs> oh seen. We recorded that, right? <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, there's movies like Barry Lyndon and there's movies like uh, Munich. If I could bring up a uh, different pop filter Hall of Famer, Steven Spielberg, uh, where like you've made so many movies in the top 100 that your uh, 95 percentile movie, like your movies that like got an A and not an A plus aren't talked about. That You're pushing much. yourself out of the canon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I really think that is what happened. That's a perfect example of it. But what I have watched this movie. It's beautiful. It's it, it's very well shot. It's witty. It's funny that it's, it's based, got Ryan O'Neill. It's got Ryan O'Neill oh, for days. Shit. It's based From... on a book by William Makepeace Thackeray, which no, as Mike, not the facts. Which, as Mike pointed out, it's got to be in the Hall of Fame of names. Um, he I'm also sorry, wrote William Makepeace. William, right there. Like, all right, shut the fuck up. You're an idiot. <laughs> Makepeace. Okay. Hold Reborn on. The yeah. 60s. And then Thackeray. Thackeray, dude. Yeah. Thackeray. And, uh, you know, kind of an early novelist, a lot of wit, already experimenting a lot with the form, even though we like to pretend like that's something that, like, just happened yesterday. People were fucking with the form of the novel. And yeah, the, John Grisham the, is the first one who started fucking with the novel form. <laughs> but it has to be said, everybody, this movie is easily three movies long. <laughs> this is, it's, it's, it's almost four hours. I have not seen it since I was a kid, but I am so excited to try and figure out, is Kubrick trying to do this genre? Is he making fun of the genre? Is he uh, is he saying like, well, uh, you fucked me over on Spartacus, so fuck you. Or is he trying to be like, I enjoyed fuck my time me? on Spartacus, so I'm going to try to recreate that. I don't know. I, think I mean, that's got- very bold of you to assume we'll be talking about that, Ryan, when it's going up against Gene Hackman as a former football player and okay, current so- private detective <laughs> looking for a girl. And looking for himself. Uh, Mike, you and I were talking about this movie the other day and how we don't get these movies anymore because these are TV shows. But it's uh, Gene Hackman, private investigator. There's a case. He's got to solve a case. And in like two hours, he solves the case. Doesn't that sound like a fucking awesome movie? It it sounds like I'd want to see Shane Black. He did the Nice Guys, right? That was one of his later. He did the Nice Guys. Oh man, Peep- I know he did a lot of other stuff. But- nice Guys stock is very high. Everybody, yeah, I've been so sounding good. the market. I watched it recently. Uh, it's where it should be. If not, it's too low. Okay, yeah, yeah. I got to get on this because people are really into it. Let me ask you this: Is the guy's name Knight? Is the is the detective's uh, name Knight? Jefferson Knight? Is that the Knight? He's gonna moves? do the Knight move because he's an ex football player <laughs> doing his moves. There are a lot of thrillers uh, made it pretty high up mm-hmm. here. This is one of them. It, I, it, I it says that his name is genre. Harry P. Detective. Harry P. <laughs> football. <laughs> that was his job. All right, Harry, we're going to give you the ball. Just don't drop it. All right, coach. Also, could you All solve right, this coach. crime? Job's yeah. done. 
I want to do a show on night moves. I've never seen it. I've heard it's awesome. We'll put it in the we'll put it in put the backup. Put it in the trash pile that we call Patreon. But no, right. like uh, this is the year of directors, and we're not we're not yeah. moving past Kubrick. Yeah, no, we got to do Arthur the Kubes. I do think if you like you said, if you won, if one of your films has been the best movie of a year, you're probably just a lock in, and especially if your name's goddamn Stanley also, Kubrick. Holy shit! Ryan this movie has just... a physical copy of it that I'm holding right now. <laughs> yeah, so I that's think hard that... to turn down. He spent good money. Uh, I didn't know this movie was directed by Arthur Penn. He directed Bonnie and Clyde. Oh, oh damn! So... Which is not oh, not one movie of the year. So and Little Big Man. Oh uh, man. And the miracle worker. Yeah, okay, so this is the year director. This is it. We should not scoff off Arthur Penn just cuz Kubrick came to town. Your final battle of round 1 is your 11th seed, The Return of the Pink Panther, and your 22nd seed, The Passenger, which uh The Passenger have not seen it, could not think of a movie more designed for my kind of shit where Jack Nicholson uh is a bored reporter and his story is not going well, so he sees a dead guy who looks like him and goes, eh, I'm going to take that guy's life, and then finds out that dead guy was an arms dealer who's in hot water with some bad folks. Man, if you find a dead guy, that might be a good, I like, maybe that's a good indication that you shouldn't try to take his life, right? Because no. he, he didn't survive it, so... I- I had a real thing where I one day I read, I Googled myself as you do a few years back and saw that Michael Joseph Gravano, my exact name, please don't steal my identity, died four years earlier. And uh, I really, and it was like a dude in his 40s and really looked like if I was in my 40s and stared at it for a while, wondering if it was some sort of looper situation and what I was supposed to do about that. <laughs> I, I've got some questions. Uh, let me ask you guys this. What is your Pink Panther uh, history? Like, does anybody give a shit? I've seen bits and pieces of... Both the cartoon, which I know isn't it, and the original one. Well, the, the cartoon is there for like uh, the first five seconds of every right. movie. Right. And is it this? My only connection is the insulation. Uh, my, <laughs> yeah, my house had the Pink Panther insulation, and so I guess it kept me warm, and I like that. I the song rips. And then, what is your guys' uh, Pete's Peter Sellers connection? Like, are you guys down with that guy? I know well, there's a from, lot of terrible stories. Just from uh, what um, Lolita Chauncey. Or no, Doctor Strangelove. Doctor Strangelove. Yeah, but well, my yeah, only connection just, to him is Doctor is like is loving Doctor Strangelove. Those are both yeah. Kubrick loving movies. Doctor Strangelove, and then oh, yeah. what? Chauncey the Gardener. What movie was that? That's uh before after uh, before, Born Again. After I have Born to say Again. that would be just a great name for the movie itself. Chauncey the Butler. <laughs> Chauncey <laughs> the, Gardener. the Gardener. Uh, but yeah, I, he's he's a fascinating character i'm always like i should probably know more about this guy but you say he's a big dick is that why you ask oh he's definitely a big dick Uh, and he's been like uh sort of like monty python like i'm trying i'm trying to learn why they are so important and funny i I don't know if i'm there yet he made a really weird choice in that movie lolita like he the the way he played that character in lolita just like so over the top crazy clownish funny that's an impression bro do you know who that is an impression of Stanley Kubrick. It's Stanley Kubrick. Oh, man. <laughs> You're burnt, Stanley. That's so weird. But in what is a very no, uh, somber Peter story. Sellers did Kubrick in that movie. Like uh, uh, Doctor Evil was based on Lorne Michaels. Like it's the exact same thing. He's just like, uh, oh, you want me to be in your movie? Fine, then I'll do this. Then <laughs> fuck you for asking me to be in your movie. Uh, does anybody want to vote for the Return of the Pink Panther? I don't think so. No, I choose Good. not to. We we have a, a very strict anti sequel status yeah. on the show. So we have your sweet sixteen <gasps> round 
two battle being one. there being there oh, Mike. i'm sorry no i'm sorry thank you it's being, being there. there uh it's it, now it starts to hurt guys because this is the, we're starting to figure out what's actually going to move on and we're going to have to watch i don't like this i straight don't like it right away your number one seed is jaws versus your number 17th seed nashville oh no this is we see this is when i'm like are brackets a bad idea yeah, yeah this Why is can't we just watch what we want to watch I'm glad I didn't buy it. <laughs> I almost bought this movie for fourteen American dollars. Yeah, inflation, Mike. Those. It's real. Thanks to, to Biden, give the Democrats give money to everybody. It's a gallon of milk. <laughs> I do think that if the three of us decide to do it, a bonus show, a bonus show that uh, it can, show no, no, oh, it no. can't be involved in like the actual like best picture of the year, right? Yeah, it's if it's in the bonus, if it's a bonus episode, it's not in the running. It can win so awards. So it's eligible for Moody's. Yeah, yeah. so but, like Lily Tomlin could win. The- but how are we gonna like do uh, awards when there's 26? There's so many characters. He well, kind of probably blew it get with the that. loudies. I don't like. I want to do a show with you guys, like uh, with about Nashville with you guys so bad because I don't know if you guys would like it or not. I don't know if I like it. It's so fucking weird. It's 26 characters. That's insane. So you're voting for Nashville, not Jaws. It sounds like Ryan. No, it obviously has to be Jaws. Yeah, how many of those characters are sharks? Sharks, none of them. Zero. Well, Lily, how Tomlin, many of them are she's named a bit Bruce. of a shark? <laughs> I don't know if that's a burn or I don't. I don't know. But yeah, it's just what Lily Tomlin is. The way we do this, it just it can't stack up against Jaws. I mean, Jaws the feels most like movie. yeah, <laughs> it feels like you can like. If there's any movie responsible for the fact that we have a podcast at all, it's probably Jaws as the grand. We should happy... just change our name to Jaws the podcast. Yeah, I don't understand how Nashville had such a low seating. Yeah, yeah. is that Mike? Are you cheating? No, Mike. You know me. Love the city of Nashville. Love Robert Altman. Would is it because it. Nashville has so many um, bachelor and bachelorette parties now that the movie yeah, stock has gone way down? Yeah. Your next battle of round two is your 25th seed, the Stepford Wives, versus your ninth seed, Shampoo. See, this is where I feel like we kick Stepford Wives, because like, we just yeah. we don't want to watch this movie, right? And I think Fun we would wives. enjoy watching Shampoo. So we use Stepford Wives to get rid of Woody Allen, I think. Yeah. yeah. And exactly. now we just use... Now, now it's now it's out. It's, it's probably it's boring, and Shampoo job. rules. Wait, Ooh. so Mike, I'm so sorry. You already explained this, but... Once you win this battle, you're in. Yeah, you're for in. sure. So shampoo you're becomes our show. second movie. Shampoo is in. We're definitely I'm doing so a show about, about shampoo. That. Interesting. Right. I can't wait to hear more about that story about how this guy grows up to be. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, such a piece of shit person. Your next battle is your. Let's go back to these seeds. Your fourth seed, Dog Day Afternoon, versus your twentieth seed. Not his pick, but his favorite movie of the week. Picnic at Hanging Rock. Oh no! That's me falling off Hanging That's Rock. Me. <laughs> ah. went right off the Hanging Rock. Oh, because this isn't a picnic. This is see. This is this is what happens. I can't, in good conscience, I think, say that we should watch Picnic at Hanging Rock instead of Dog Day Afternoon. I think I might have enjoyed Picnic at Hanging Rock more, but Dog Day Afternoon, I felt like I was mainlining seventy-five. Oh, I was like yeah, seventy-five sure. is getting pumped into my eye holes right <laughs> now, and I'm understanding it. So you can feel the like whatever the color of seventy-five is, you can feel it going into your veins yeah. when you watch Dog Day. This isn't even particularly close to me. I mean, this is. I think I kind of think Dog Day Afternoon is gonna is gonna win like the whole oh, thing. Yeah, he's so it now, folks, uh, remember that there's not a shark in the movie. There's Greg, not so a shark. No. Why don't you settle down? There's a no little jets bit. either. Uh, but 
Mike. No, wait, uh, there is a jet. Sorry. Picnic is a... That's a show. Picnic God, is a show. I, a show. I guarantee... Like, honestly, I know we have a bracket for this, but on top of that, I think there should be... There definitely is a show, and that one should go in. There definitely is a show. Because I swear, it gave birth to so many things we love. So many movies and directors that we love find their genesis at least in part in this movie you can just feel it down to its bones also the unnatural 20s usually do a show per season is this the movie that Dude, you want them yes. to do and let's not tell them anything about it yeah because it's a it's not it's there's nothing about it that's deeply upsetting like it would be horrible to, to, no to have dogs yeah or anything like that but like uh, it is a trip if you're not necessarily expecting it to go where it goes I would and love this is an era that. where i don't think they'd choose to watch any of these movies <laughs> no no so. and honestly you look if you look at the cover of picnic at hanging rock you're like oh man it's gonna be a weird like gentle comedy of manners it, it looks like <laughs> it's probably boring and there's not a moment in this movie that is boring even in the slightest i mean the unnatural 20s are like jaws wait did they make a movie about that part of the that universal studios universe tram studios. ride so <laughs> i think we're good here. isn't that kind of cheesy <laughs> All right, your dog day afternoon moves on. Hell but it sounds yeah, like yeah. we're definitely doing Picnic at Hanging Rock at some point. Your next battle is your fifth seed, Three Days of the Condor, colon, The Winter Soldier, <laughs> versus 21st seed, Death Race 2000. Oh, man. Okay. It sounds like we should have just done a 16-episode I know. That's what I want to do. <laughs> we have it within our power just to do go that. through the summer. I, I can't... I can't tell you guys how much how awesome it would be to do a show where I just sat here while we did Death Race 2000, uh, listening to Mike scream that it was the best movie of all time while Greg screamed it was the worst movie of all time. <laughs> like it would be so much fun. What if we did like like little mini hits, like little mini episodes where we didn't where we just kind of had like two or three questions that we talked about and maybe not the other bits and we could bang out a bunch of these movies. We could do that. I think I I think that's what I want to do. Like that's the only way to truly understand 75, right? Because of the thing that Mike I, said I, like we're picking the we're picking the award winners. Yeah. Yeah, we it's want the thing to. we want the movies that people don't remember on top of the movies right. that people do remember because that's going to really give us that feel. Guys, Death Race 2000 was it was such a blast. It was every second of it was either I'm laughing because they want me to or I'm laughing because they don't. But we, and it was amazing. We have I, to talk about how Three Days of the Condor, and we will like, on the we episode. We cannot kick out Three Days of the Condor. Is yeah, everything no, that's that, already moved on. How it gave birth <laughs> to everything we love and also contains some of the things that we vehemently hate and feel, make us feel deeply uncomfortable <laughs> at the same time. Do you guys love your wives? It was given birth to by Three Days of the Condor. That is how <laughs> we handle it. Condor's labor. Uh, I I think it's obvious Three Days of the Condor has to move on. Yeah, it's kind I would of a love boring listeners. movie though. I, I think is, the the first episode of any season is so hard, right? It hurts us emotionally. Yeah, but yeah. so much time goes by that I fr- think we forget that. Listeners, please write in or hit us up on social media to tell us how many times we have these highfalutin plans of like, here's how we'll watch a thousand movies this uh-huh. season. <laughs> Let us I, know if that happens a lot. We, we get excited. We're not a, we're, <laughs> yeah. We are not a podcast that's, that is afraid to be enthusiastic. <laughs> but Greg already started doing it, which made yeah. me do it, which means we're already doing it. Yeah. Like This is Get the first pressure. year we're like, no, we're fucking doing it. Yeah, it, this this year does feel different. Like uh, mm-hmm. this was the first year where before it even started, I felt like compelled to go out and start watching the movies that might be in the bracket or ones that might yeah. not be. Like it just happened on its own. It's a really organic thing. I've listened to mostly 1975 music this week. 
I mean, core's ending. We got to f- somehow find a way to not see people and it's to <laughs> do all our homework about 1975. Excuses. <laughs> all right, we have to take a break. And when we come back, the battles continue. I'm going to call this battle the Greg Gimme. It is your second seed, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, versus your 18th seed, Sallow. Uh, Here you go, Greg. You don't have to watch Sallow. I think it's fucked up to lay this at my door as if I'm the one. (laughs) This this developed very organically. One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, like we would be. Oh, no, no. I'm saying just like you're lucky. Oh, okay. Yeah. We would be. Nobody hooked it up. So yeah, I mean, uh, I think that there's a lot of people who would be surprised that one flu was second seed. Right. There's a lot of yeah. people who would look at this year and say that that should be number one seed. Josh should be number two. And I think we're going to have an interesting conversation about one flu over the cuckoo, a series of interesting conversations, because I think it, as much as it points a finger at like institutions is being fucked up and everything. Some of its messages, I don't think have aged particularly well. And I'm interested mm-hmm. to decide the character of nurse ratchet. I find has reproduced in a lot of 75 movies, including the picnic, uh, hanging rock. And I just wonder how that's aged. I don't like have an opinion right. before we see the movie, but I just wonder. And she has guys, her own show now. I was going to say, well, you guys like me watch Ryan Murphy's ratchet to prepare for one flu. Absolutely not. But I do love, I do think that Patrick McMurphy's punk rockism uh, is a little bit timeless. And we have to like, we have to sort of like place that and say like, I think he's doing a pretty good job. Or, man, what a fucking idiot. Like he's being a real idiot right now. Yeah. All right. One flew. Moves on. But you guys, you, if you want to hook up and just We're like, going to watch Sallow. Yeah. Watch Sallow. We're going to watch Sallow. Call, we call that episode Sallow Hal. Never talk about it. <laughs> just... You can tell because we're both a little different from there. Just ashen and quiet. <laughs> uh, by the way, Patreon, you will not hear that uh, Sallow show. We have found a way to only make it go into directly into Greg's feed, <laughs> and he is the only one who will ever hear that show. Oh God, why? <laughs> Your next battle is the British group of weirdos versus a British group of weirdos with your seventh seed, Monty Python, the Holy Grail, taking on your tenth seed, the Who's, Tommy. Oh man, what a dunk! This is a, this is actually this this round has actually been kind of easy. Yeah. I like Tommy barely squeaked by last time. I like I have honestly never found a way to give a shit about this, and this is like I, so convenient. Just escort it right off the show. I'd rather have Tommy. I'd rather have like a good movie that like is an actual musical made by like uh, people who are capable of making movies. But we'll see what Ow. you guys say. Ow. Ow! Monty Python is my vote. Damn, yeah, Monty Python is my vote too. Ow. Tommy, having seen it, uh, is whatever. I was much more interested in 1975's Listomania, which is, I think, one, the inspiration for the Phoenix song, but it is Tommy, but about like a old French composer who f- started Beatlemania before anything else. Because <laughs> all the women just wanted this ugly dude. Have you seen the movie Listomania? I haven't. Oh. I want to, is what I was saying. I saw. I, I get it. I saw. I see. I see. I see. I saw. <laughs> your next battle is your third seed, the Rocky Horror Picture Show versus 19th seed, Mirror. And this is the first, the 75-ness of it and pop culture thumbprint of it is where I'm leaning. All right. So let me go real quick. Uh, we cannot pass up a chance to do a Tarkovsky show. We cannot. And I understand that Rocky Horror is a big deal to a lot of people. And it's very 1975. But Andre Tarkovsky is right there. Guys, guys, 
Guys, please. I got to go to the spirit of the charter of the show. And this Wait. movie of the year. How does it talk about this year? And Rocky does. And this also ripples throughout pop culture. I think beer does too. I, Greg, I'm you. so torn. I'm just sitting here with my eyes the size of dinner plates because I really do love Rocky. But also, Ryan says we have to do this. And that's very much making the part of me that's just a follower want to just do what, <laughs> what Ryan is saying. And so I'm, I'm very torn now. Uh, Which friend do you want to bully you, Greg? You're going to pick right now. <laughs> I have I have to say, when I ultimately what my, my final metric is when you can't get categories to combine because I'm not sure how to compare these two movies. They're very difficult. So I, what is the charter of the show? As you said, Mike, it's the most 75, but uh, for me also, it's having a bunch of good episodes. And I think there's a chance that the Rocky horror episode just won't be as good Uh, as this Tarkovsky. This is insanity. It's the number three C though, versus the number 11. Ryan, you're saying th- this is definitely what we should do. Uh, this is number the- three versus number nineteen. See, this is like number nineteen on a Kubrickian level. This is the best filmmaker that we have ever faced. Like this is him. This is it. Because like Rocky Horror Picture Show is absolutely a stage musical shot, and then not even really watched just on its own anymore. Like. It's mm-hmm. it's shown in theaters with a live co-performance versus something that sounds like made by one of the masters of the craft. And I just feel like why, like it is a, at the end of the day, it is a movie podcast and we're trying to have deep, interesting conversations about movies that are worth having these penetrating conversations about. Right. And I don't know. Like maybe I like, maybe there's new stuff to say about Rocky, but like, I know there's always new stuff to say about Muir. Can I tell this one story that one time we saw, I'm not going to say who it is, but we saw a friend's little sister in line for Rocky Horror Picture, and she was dressed very scandalously and had written whore on her chest. That was fucking nuts. <laughs> that might have been years before we met, and I was with that friend's little sister at that show. She got me in trouble with my girlfriend at the time because we showed up, and she jumped up and hugged me with her legs wrapped around me, and then I had to introduce her to my girlfriend as she was wrapped around me. How the shit? I will... Uh... Let's make Rocky the Patreon. Yeah, I was going to declare that no matter what. But keep if, going. If we could just do a Muir episode. If we could just do right. a Tarkovsky episode. Oh, got it. it would, okay, this is, us, I'm, I'm, this is us going with you because we're probably going to get emails up the absolute wazoo about this. So this is you taking us along because you've convinced me, Ryan. And so we're going to use the power of democracy to defeat Mike here. Do you guys remember Cummins? Do you guys remember Cummins? Do you guys yes. remember like, I do what remember that fucking did to us? Yeah. This All right. A- so, listeners, send us those angry emails, but also go over to patreon.com slash your pub filter if you want to hear that Rocky Horror Picture Show. <laughs> Let's monetize that show. anger, y'all. <laughs> well, let me ask you this. What would you rather do? Would you rather put Monty Python and the Holy Grail in Patreon or Rocky? Like, what does more for this we, season? We can't do that. Why? That's not how brackets work. Mirror yeah. moves on. Your final battle <laughs> is Barry Lyndon, which is sixth seed versus twenty second seed, The Passenger. Yeah, it's easy for me, man. This Barry Lyndon movie is very good. It's Kubrick. We basically said already he he has a free pass, and uh, it's 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 one of the Kubricks that like almost nobody talks about. And we're yeah. gonna get a chance to do it. We might have the definitive 
voice on this movie by the time we're done. So The Passenger is directed by Antonioni, Oni, 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 who has a name that does not end, which I do appreciate. <laughs> well, he said it down a well. so it just went <laughs> And yet it, it continues to fall. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like, again, uh, we can't pass up a Kubrick. All right. Your Elite Eight are locked in. Our keys are turned. Yeah. Here are the movies that we will be doing for the official season. It sounds like we're going to be watching a lot of other movies. Yeah, and maybe everybody will get bonus content. But the only <laughs> movies eligible for 1975's movie of the year are Jaws, Shampoo, Dog Day Afternoon, Three Days of the Condor, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, Monty Python and the Holy Grail, Mirror, and Barry Lyndon. One of these does not fit, but... It's going to be a hell of a season. There's always one weird movie, though. There, in our bracket, yeah, there's like, this always is our one weird see, movie. Right? Yeah, and yeah. honestly, sometimes... Monty Python is our come and see. You know what it was? In 2020, it was Soul. And remember what a big swing and miss that was? So sometimes, yeah. it's, a, sometimes it's a huge mistake. We tried there. But I think, honestly, what if Mir fucking wins this thing? That'd be awesome. <laughs> but like, I want to give a shout out to the, the MILF podcast for us uh, trying to do Soul last year and then be, coming on and being like, Hell no! Yeah. That, no, you guys. Did they shit wrong on us on that. Yeah, they really they they did not stop talking about the fact that Sound of Metal hadn't made it for one yeah. second of that episode. <laughs> they worked it into every single point they had, and I respect mm, it. In- interesting because as Kate you says, I'm a grub. Say, <laughs> but Sound of Metal. Uh, so those are your films. I've been your host, and will continue to be your host. These will be your competitors. Are you mad at us? No. Or- why? I don't know about the Rocky Horror Picture thing. Yeah, and like oh, now that, no, Tarkovsky is coming in. I'm mad. I mean, I do not like the Tarkovsky movie I saw when I was 20 and didn't oh. know how to think about movies. So. <laughs> no, no one's ever liked a Tarkovsky movie. Like, yeah, it's going to be awful. Yeah, watching it's going to be painful, and then after, but then we're going to be done with the show. And we're going to be like, oh my god, this is the best movie we've ever seen. The sure. last time I watched Stalker, it was on at this weird bar, and I was just drinking, staring, and going, "Why is this on screen right now?" So. <laughs> That, that made me like it more. But you know what? What's that next is week, your though, Mike? Season. Next week, we are kicking everything off with, you know what? It's Somebody already bought a physical copy. It's hard to fight that kind of momentum. It is Barry Lyndon, governor. This is going to be then. our first episode. It's Barry Lyndon. Man. This is such a fun movie. We're gonna, we're really gonna enjoy ourselves. Oh, and just so you guys know, I'm gonna have live viewings from seven to nine p.m. every night this week of special features. So if you guys uh, want just, to I tune was gonna it, say, so you're gonna watch half the movie every night. <laughs> the special features, love it. Marilyn. All right, I did say until then already, which normally shuts them up. But keep watching those movies. <laughs> <laughs>